Hi, I am joined today by Donna, who has been a friend of mine for a while. Uh, Donna's a very unique person. She has uh, continues to be the head of a mayor's committee for persons with disabilities for a large city in the Dallas-Fort Worth, North Texas area. Um, she's also working towards an ADA coordinator's um, certification program. Uh, she's a public speaker. Uh, she is a singer and Donna is blind and has a guide dog. We just have many, many things to talk about every time we get together, don't we? We do. Um, Donna, um, thanks for doing this. And first I'd like you to talk a little bit about one of the credentialing, uh, uh, aspects of what you're doing to, to kind of up your game in, in self-employment to put on your website and, and to be able to, to hone those skills and, and get out there and get some business. And that's the, the ADA National Networks. Can you talk a little bit about those and how you've become involved with that? Okay, so um, I am working toward my ADA coordinator certification. And I feel like that's important because as my role in my local mayor's committee on disability, we're kind of an advisory organization Mm-hmm. as far as where the, the ADA is concerned in our municipality. But um, the ADA National Network is made up of a, of a bunch of regional ADA centers. They're not there to enforce the ADA, but they are there to provide guidance and educate about the ADA. So, for example, if you have a business that, maybe a business has a question about whether their bathroom stalls uh, are large enough and um, are compliant with the ADA, they could call and they could get guidance on what those measurements need to be to provide appropriate turn space for wheelchair users or that type thing. So um, there are uh, several modules within the ADA coordinator training. Uh, some are there are certain there are certain blocks of training that are required that are pretty technical and then there are a number of elective courses that I need to take too but uh, it's a three-year process some people finish you know ahead of that time schedule but you have up to three years to finish and I'm about a year in so uh, that that's awesome you know yeah. and I don't think a lot of people even would know where to go I think most people think oh college I'll get everything in college and certainly that doesn't cover everything and so this is, it's, it's really interesting, and I can totally see how you've paired that with your role as head of a mayor's committee. Right. And um, the other thing that I wanted you to talk about for just a, a bit is that because your role as head of mayor's committee is a freebie, you're donating your time and your talent to your city, which is wonderful. You've also gotten pulled in on some large, large uh, venues, projects. Can you talk about that? Everyone will, will be able to identify with these two or three places that you have been uh, part of the leadership on. Yeah, and they're really cool projects. Um, and that's part of why I wanted to have my ADA coordinator certification too, because um, I don't want people to just think, oh, she's an angry person with a disability. No, I just want to see... Um, I want to see businesses educated because it's going to increase their customer base. So I am blessed to have been able to serve on the ADA Accessibility Committee for both the Dallas Cowboys AT&T Stadium and for the new Rangers Globe Life Field. And actually, the Mayor's Committee was brought in 
uh, a little bit to work with the rangers on Globe Life Park. Um, yeah. Um, which used to be the ballpark in Arlington. Um, I was going to say, it's tough to get these yeah, things. Yeah, uh... I see. I just sat here and went, oh, God, did I say that right? Um, yeah. Anyway, Globe Life Park, um, which was actually the first baseball uh, MLB field that was built after the passage of the Americans with Disabilities Act. Okay. And, uh, Jack Hill, who was the project manager for that project, as well as AT&T Stadium and also... Globe Life Field, uh, he contacted our committee and said, would you guys come and take a field trip and uh, check out what we've done and give us feedback and show us where we can improve? And we were all so blown away because we never experienced accessibility at that level. And what they did was to go above and beyond. And um, we made a few suggestions and they listened to us and they implemented those suggestions and the same group uh, has followed suit in every project that I've been able to uh, to provide feedback with and so those are just it's it's so neat to be able to walk into a facility that is of the magnitude that like AT&T Stadium oh, is yes. and to say oh my gosh that was my idea or that was uh John's idea, or I remember Olivia suggested that. You know, it's it's so cool to have been able to go in and just to be a part to, of that. Yeah, and to see the features and to to remember, oh wow, I know who suggested that. I remember that meeting. And they they've implemented and and put some of this stuff into practice. Um, you have many talents, and that's that's one thing where some of these audio uh, podcasts are specifically self-employment and and that I think I'm going to put you in that category because you already have your own website you've had that for a while you've been kind of building up to where where you're going to go as far as getting that coordinator um, certificate and and another thing that you've done that's that's fascinating to me is you're a you're a good public speaker and I know a lot of people can say well I've done some public speaking but your public speaking is on kind of another level. You are part of this National Speakers Association and to be part of that and get credentialed maybe the wrong word, but but to be um uh I don't even want to say recommended, but where they are they're looking at you in their top tier, you have to do about what is it, forty? Well to be to be can to be considered a professional level speaker under the National Speakers Association, you have to have twenty paid speeches in a year or you have to have made at least $25,000 off of, you know, just strictly income from speaking. So, and all... Sorry, the, I doubled that. Only 20. Yeah. <laughs> just 20. Yeah, yeah, 40, 40 might, 40 would be really tough, um, especially in COVID, um, because now, you know, we've gone from speaking in front of live audiences and everybody had to kind of make the Zoom shift. Right, right. But that coupled with your your ADA knowledge and and also I I, I would be remiss in and not bringing up the fact that that you have a master's in counseling and so you as a person with blindness and that counseling background and the stuff that you've done in the in the community all of that just sort of keeps 
building and adding up to your repertoire of things that you have. And I know you and I have talked about uh, certain scenarios and you've been able to bring some some uh, enlightenment, so to speak, based on some of your counseling experience. And I feel like even though you may not be, you know, you don't have your shingle out counseling per hour, that still um, kind of bleeds into a lot of the things oh, that you t- do. Yeah, it totally does because... Because I think uh, what I was going to say about like AT&T Stadium and the Rangers is that those both Cowboys and the Rangers, they make us feel valuable as customers. You know, people with disabilities, they wanted, the whole point is if you want to be sure if what you're doing is accessible, ask a person with a disability or ask a group of people with disabilities. We will tell you, and there's a big difference in something being accessible in theory and something being user friendly. I mean, we all know that, even if it's not, even if it's not something disability related, um, you know, you you might get a new computer that's supposed to be so intuitive and so user friendly. Um, and in practice, it's not. Yeah, or a new phone that, you know, the first week you have it, you want to just throw it against the wall because you have a learning curve. Um, that's happened to me. Um. <laughs> yeah, but the, but my point is the fact that you've had that counseling and you understand right. not only, you know, you understand different disabilities that aren't even related to blindness, but you have that that well, understanding. And, well, and the point, I guess the point I was trying to make, which I did not come to uh you know, efficiently was that, yeah, you can kind of, I think the counseling background kind of helps me tie some of that together and then convey it back um, in a way that one thing I've had colleagues that have, and clients have said to me, oh my gosh, your perspective is so different. And I, you know, I think a lot of that is because of the counseling background. It helps me tie some things together I, I think in a definitely. really unique way. And, and also, I think sometimes, uh, you and I have discussed this before, when you're around uh, professionals that that are, it's it's awkward for them to be around someone with a visual impairment such as you or other disabilities. And I think because you can talk to them um, on many, many different levels with many, many different hats, I think they have a, a quite a lot of respect for you. And then Thank I you. think that you can gain their trust in some other areas because sure. of that knowledge. So I do think that, 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 uh, you know, feeds into some other things that you do and, and, and will be really, really helpful down the line, whether or not you're doing an hourly counseling rate or not, you know, it's that knowledge <laughs> that is just sure. super helpful. Um, we've got time for just one more quick thing. And just this whole idea now in the age of COVID and telecommuting. I know you had some thoughts on that from way back, this uh, age of remote learning and and what you see, what you've seen in the past and how you've seen uh, what's happening now and and how that may affect many people with disabilities who are wanting to have a home business or do things remotely. Tell tell me about how it was 10, 15 years ago. Well, I just think think it's kind of amusing because people with all kinds of disabilities you know, um, and not even disabilities that some people would think of as, you know, severe, but people, people with all kinds of disabilities have been advocating for telecommuting and the ability to work remotely for, oh my gosh, 20, 25 years ago was probably the first time I ever heard of it. And 
all of a sudden, you know, so it takes a pandemic to make that happen. And what I'm seeing now is that um, whereas I was doing a lot of consulting for venues and that type thing, now I'm doing more consulting for, oh my gosh, how do we make our meetings accessible? Um, and I will tell you that not all um, online learning platforms like Zoom or WebEx or whatever are, are created equal. And it just, some of it depends on your audience and the needs of your audience as far as any kind of accommodations as to which platform is best. And, um, and you know, just the fact that, again, people need to make their, it's, it's hitting home just how much people need to make their websites more accessible, but it's also, I think, empowering people with disabilities a lot. I think that those of us with disabilities, the skills that we have acquired in life, um, maybe not knowing what our condition holds for tomorrow, we don't know how we're gonna feel tomorrow, and, and things like that, how much energy we might have, or whether that person who said that they would help us with the particular task that we can't perform independently, whether they're going to show up actually or not, those are the same kinds of experiences that able-bodied people are experiencing during COVID. And it's, it's, uh, it's called anticipatory grief. And we're here to help you along the way, guys. Um, it's all of the all of the diversity and inclusion talks that are going along, going on now and how much attention is being paid to that disability is also a huge part of diversity that some people haven't thought about so uh i would just say we as people with disabilities our lives are really rich in ways that maybe the able bodied world doesn't expect or may not have seen the significance before now, but we're here to help you. We want to be resources. Reach out to us. Um, and uh, on that note, yeah. I should ask if you want to share your website. It's a, it's fine to plug that. You may not want to. No, but if you do, hey, great. Why, why would I not? Why not? Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. It's uh, disability diplomat. Dot com. Well, I just really appreciate you as a person, as a friend. You have such a unique perspective with all of these sort of uh, paths that have merged and continue to merge so that you will have the, the, the business that you want and you can tweak that the way you want because you have so many skills and, and just such a unique, thoughtful way of presenting yourself and, and making the rest of us think about things differently. So I just really appreciate you taking the time to do this today and oh, yeah, uh, wish you much luck uh, and success. And I know you're going to have that. You've done some neat things and I know you have many more neat things to come. Thanks, Karen. You're welcome. Enjoyed Bye -bye. it.